am with Tucker Martin, one of the world's best producers and recording engineers. I could read you the list of people he's worked with, but it would take the rest of the podcast, and that's only slightly exaggerating. Here are a few. Roseanne Cash, My Morning Jacket, The Decembers, Sufjan Stevens, Don Henley, The Abbott Brothers. I could go on and on, but you get the picture. One of his most beloved collaborators is Bill Frizzell, who comes to Portland to record right here at Flora Recordings and Playback. He's also a musician and, like everybody else, right now doing everything he can to keep afloat until we get back to something that resembles normal. Bill Frizzell is one of my favorite musicians, so excuse me if I talk too much about him. It's my podcast. Here's Tucker Martin. Tucker. Hi, Tom. We're at your place. Yeah. We're not at the, at the, at the artichoke, which is fine. <laughs> Thanks for coming We're to me. We're at the hallowed halls. Well, it's that it's not hallowed halls because uh-huh. that, that that's the name of a of a oh. different studio in town. <laughs> this is Flora Whoops. recording and playback. That's funny. That's very funny. I hadn't yeah. thought of that. Yeah. But um. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> well, this is the cathedral, it, isn't it? It yeah, is. This wall here is quite yeah. cathedral-like. Yeah. Yeah. How long was the design process for this? Well, the design process... I know it never stops. Yeah. Yeah. Really, (laughs) we were just trying so hard to keep, to stay in front of the the builders. Um, So I'd say we had about six months before construction began. I mean, ideally, there would have been more time, but, you know, um, there was, you know, I was paying, I was making payments on the building and stuff yeah. and and yeah. needed to get needed to get cracking yeah. so um probably about six months of of like hardcore back and forth with with my oh. friend derek trost who did the mm-hmm. he kind of drew he did the drawings and mm-hmm. he's he's an acoustician as well as an architect um and then you know that was enough to get everyone started like we knew where mm-hmm. all the rooms were going to go and what yeah. the shapes were going to be but yeah. a lot of the finer details um he would just or we would stay up late like the night before they were going to start wow. that particular section and just <laughs> hammer out, no pun intended, wow, yeah, hammer yeah, out yeah. the details. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, um, and it took about almost two years to build. Mm-hmm. But it was a labor of love. It, it, it was. It yeah. was a, yeah. a labor of very expensive love. Yes. <laughs> 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 Um, so I, the, this, this room has so many, so many angles, so yeah. many strange angles. Yes, and each one of them means something, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, they're they're not accidental. No, I know I didn't think so, because who would design something that looked like that? Right. <laughs> yeah, this room. I mean, there's 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 nary a right angle in this whole building is except right? for the bathroom. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? Um, it's. I mean, there's there are really complicated acoustic explanations, most of which would even go kind of beyond my head to. to well, let's do the it. simple one. Yeah, <laughs> um, basically, you just uh, you know you don't want standing waves where uh-huh. frequencies are just going to bounce back and forth and build up and yeah. and like whatever the the sort of dimensions or the resonant frequency would be of uh-huh. of that distance. Um, you you want to kind of disperse the frequencies uh-huh. in an even way. That's just uh-huh. what's more pleasing to the ear and uh-huh. to the microphone. Um, so, you, yeah, you know, different sound waves are different lengths, and uh-huh. um, so you, you just kind of factor in, you know, you, you do the math, well, these frequencies are going to s- 
scatter off the speakers and reflect off of here and then diffuse and then they're going to bounce here and, and diffuse in which way <laughs> and um you know this whole thing in the back this is uh, this this also includes a bass trap. Be, behind what you see, there's another three feet uh -huh. um, that's designed to just control the the low low frequencies so that they're uh -huh. not overwhelming when you listen. You just want a, a balanced listening environment so uh -huh. you, you can make critical decisions that uh -huh. are going to translate to you know the out the, to the rest of the world yeah. to the the AirPods or the or the car stereo or the yeah. whatever it might yeah. be. Yeah, but it'll never be finished, right? Um, no, but it's. You know, at this point, my days are focused on making music, and then with whatever little cracks in there between, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's that little project I could, All right. I could try to perfect. <laughs> <laughs> One of the reasons I'm so happy that you that we're able to do this is because there's a new Bill Frosell record coming out. Yeah. And he did that here? Yep. We wow. did it all here. He told me a little bit about it? Can I? Yes. Oh, can yeah. you? <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought you said he told me a little bit no, about no, it. No, no, um, no. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Um well, first of all, you know, it's just incredible, an incredible honor that he chooses to, you know, that he he came here because he's living yeah. in New York and yeah. there are no shortage of studios in New York. I mean, Bill could make a record anywhere. So he recorded anybody. he recorded here with you or in Seattle with you or at the beginning? Well, of this record, you mean? Or No, no, no. Oh, yeah, we've we've been making records together for uh 20 Five years. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, that's that's mm -hmm. a guess. I'd have to sit down and and really figure it out. But something like that. Um, and you know, he's very prolific. So I certainly haven't worked yeah. on every single one, but yeah. Yeah. probably fifteen or so records wow. we've made together wow. that are more or less under his name, and um, and some other things. You know, and I rope him into projects that I'm producing <laughs> when I can. And um, so yeah, he you know he just. He chose to to come out here. We've always we just we see eye to eye, and and mm -hmm. I'm, I was a fan of his before I ever met him, and yeah. I just back from the the New York days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knitting factory and all that. Yeah, yeah. And even you know the ECM records. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where I got introduced to him. Yeah, right. Because I'm I'm originally from Baltimore, so I would go to New York a lot. And and uh, and go into dives and hear John Zorn playing for three people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The original downtown scene. Yeah. Right? And Wayne Horvitz. Yep. Yeah. 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 So I met Wayne shortly after I moved to Seattle, mm -hmm. which was at ninety end of ninety two, and um, I was a fan of Wayne's too. Mm -hmm. And I, I had lived in Boulder for a year. Had a had a graveyard shift at the community radio station there, <laughs> KGNU. It's the best shift to have. Yeah. Oh, God. Yes. Total freedom. Yes. I literally would, yes. I would play two records at the same time sometimes <laughs> just because I could, um, you know, yeah. when it worked. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Um, so I was, you know, that was one of the many draws of Seattle to me at the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously it was like starting to explode for rock, grunge, but, uh, you know, I knew that. Bill Frizzell just moved there, and Wayne Horvitz yeah. was living there. Yeah. And there were people like Amy Denio, yeah. like a really experimental musicians there. And it and those people were all also kind of cross-pollinating with, you know, Wayne Horvitz had a band with Matt Cameron from Soundgarden right. playing drums, for example. You know, there was, it just felt like there was a lot going on, and it wasn't, people weren't staying strictly within their lines of like mm -hmm. you know no mm -hmm. i'm a rock guy so i don't mess yeah, with right. you jazz guys right, etc right, right, right. and of course bill frizzell is a 
great example of that. Yes, I'll because say. He's, it's just music, <laughs> right? Um, it's he. He doesn't. He's not really thinking about the the style or the genre, and that that really really spoke to me at the time. I mean, it yeah. still does now, but that. Um, but it was it was sort of harder for me to find like-minded people. You know, mm-hmm. when I was young, yeah. Um, yeah, it just seemed like people latched on to like, all right, here's my deal. I'm right. all about this. Yeah, and yeah. I grew up in Nashville, so wow. I left the morning after my high school graduation. <laughs> I literally, I packed the car after graduation, and then the next morning I left. Um, which you know, I love. I loved growing up there, and I love going back to visit. And it was a very different place then, but. It felt really narrow-minded. It just felt yeah. like, yeah. Um, you know, it was great for if you were all about mm-hmm. the the thing that Nashville was known for. It mm-hmm. was the place you wanted to be. But if your interests were much broader, you know, people just looked at you like you were crazy. <laughs> I didn't know what you were talking about. That's <laughs> so, too bad. Um, obviously, it's changed a lot now, and yeah. it's all it's it's gotten hip, you know, for better or worse. And right. There's a big part of me that, that sort of longs for the old. The simple days oh, yeah. where, you know, yeah, yeah. where it was yeah. just like, yeah. you know, it was, it was all about <laughs> just the, um, they, you know, they knew what they liked and they, mm-hmm. they did it well, but. What kind of stuff did you start playing? What kind of music did you start when you started playing? Start as a musician? Yeah. Um, it was rock, you know, rock yeah. and roll. Like, I mean, m- my dad took us to see the Rolling Stones when I was nine. Is that right? In New Orleans at the Superdome. Whoa. Oh my God. Um, was I Tina Turner? No, no, it was the Neville Brothers <laughs> and George Thorogood and yeah, Hell's yeah. Angels were doing yeah. security and yeah, <laughs> it made quite the impression. <laughs> but um, not long after that, I started playing drums with friends in a cover band and so I just uh-huh. learned, I just kind of self-taught by playing along with records. Uh-huh. Um, and we we were actually a really busy working band. Cover bands always are. Yeah. <laughs> it was, a, uh, you know, it was wild, like just... A few months into even having yeah. a drum set, we were gigging <laughs> almost every weekend. And well, like what kind of stuff were you money. covering? You know, Rolling Stones. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I mean, you know, I'm not your but, stepping stone. Mm-hmm. Purple Haze. You know, Mustang just, Sally. We didn't do that. We stopped just short of that, which was great. <laughs> but you know, we were also into the. the there was what well, I guess they called it kind of college rock at the time. Yeah. You know, yeah. so like the young REM and mm-hmm. that stuff. So it was, it was sort of a combination of like s- some of the classic <laughs> stuff like H- Hendrix and Credence Clearwater Revival. And, and when the, did you start to find your own voice? Um, well, I mean, I started a little bit at that time because mm-hmm. I realized that I was pretty opinionated, you know, <laughs> um, and I don't think in an obnoxious way, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I wasn't just going to shut up and be the drummer. Right. Um, well, you knew what you wanted, right? Yeah, I just, yeah. you know, I knew if it sounded good or didn't sound good. And, and I started recording the rehearsals, you know, originally just with whatever crappy boombox I had. And then... Mm-hmm. With a boombox? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was just that was just how a kid listened to music. Did you walk down the street holding it on your shoulder? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It wasn't quite that cool. <laughs> but... um and then eventually, you know, I figured out, oh, you can take an output from our crappy little PA system that our band had bought, like our six-channel system. Like, I got an output from that into my cassette deck, and, <laughs> you know, wow, the vocals sound really good, and the, you know, the 
the snare drum sounds really good, but like everything <laughs> else sounds bad. And I got interested in how to make those recordings sound better, huh. which I think was where the seeds were planted in, okay. in some respect for, you know, eventually learning like what record producers do and recording engineers. Uh -huh. And um, at the same time, my father was, was a songwriter in Nashville. So I, mm. you know, I mean, he never was like a studio guy, but uh -huh. he he would go to studios to record his demos or to to be there while other people sang and performed his demos. Uh -huh. um, so I I was kind of in a studio environment at a young age and pretty wide-eyed. Did you like fall in love with it? I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it took, you know, took a bunch of times of just kind of looking around going, what the hell is this place? What's yeah, going yeah. on? But, yeah, yeah. you know, looking through the glass and seeing somebody being singing. On the, being on the other side of the glass yeah. to what's going on is the most seductive thing on earth. It's wild. <laughs> You know, and the the voice would be coming through the speakers in the room, yeah. in the control room, and the voice just sounded bigger than life. Uh -huh. But but I'm yeah. looking in at this person singing, and I just heard them speaking, and I know it was just a regular person with a regular voice. Like, <laughs> so yeah, there was this this lure of like, yeah. whoa, what's going on here? All right, yeah. whatever's happening between yeah. that person yeah. and yeah. these speakers. Yeah, I was I the same way with 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 ra going to into radio stations. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I love. I still so when love when did them. you? Did you get? Did you have a mentor? Did you? Did um, no, not. Uh, well, yes. Eventually, eventually. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, I consider uh, Wayne Horvitz and Bill Frizzell were kind of the really? closest things I had. Wow. When I when I got to Seattle, at that point, I knew that. I knew I was going all in, like pursuing music. Mm -hmm. I was going to, you know, play drums, mm -hmm. and if I was lucky, find a band that I really loved that mm -hmm. could do something you know make some noise yeah. go somewhere but um but i was kind of pursuing the the recording thing on a on a very modest level because the equipment was way more expensive back then and harder yeah. to get hold of so yeah. um but when I, I met wayne and then that led to meeting bill and both those guys just really kind of took me under their wing you know wayne ended up making a band called four plus one ensemble where mm -hmm. you know he's like hey tucker so you're gonna yeah, be the plus yeah. one yeah bring your table of all those wild devices you have uh -huh. and what and, kind of devices um well the time they were just that what existed was really primitive looping devices uh -huh. um you know now there's all this yeah fancy stuff in a little yeah. small right. footprint but back then buskers uh, loop you know? yeah oh yeah <laughs> oh, but then you know Everybody after the show was like, what yeah. is that? What were you doing? <laughs> um, and, you know, tape echoes and uh -huh. um, and then just a, a couple little, like, digital multi-effect boxes that just uh -huh. did wild things that yeah. mostly were cheesy but occasionally yeah. were, were useful. Cheesy's okay. It depends on the context. Yeah. I, on the way over, I was listening to WACK radio, WACK radio, which is a station in Trinidad. And they still not all not all not all the, the DJs, but some of them, the DJs still use reverb when they talk. <laughs> no it's kidding, fabulous. <laughs> that that's cool. See, yeah, I yeah. mean, I was one. I never, I was never able to do that on the air. <laughs> right, never able to, as in not allowed or just not allowed. Not, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's. I I think you've earned your right to do it however you want. Now, <laughs> I love that idea. Let's bring that back. That's a great station. You can, get, you can find it online. It's, it's, it's really? all it's all Soka and Calypso and enormous st 
steel drum orchestras and these these crazy jocks, you know, yelling with reverb and all this crap. It's great. It's oh, a great, it's a great station. W A C K. We are own. culture crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is. You know, I had a, had a kind of a weird morning today, but you know, and put it on in the car, and you cannot, you you just you can't you have to smile when you hear that stuff. You just have to smile. Right. And the thing is, that kind of music is generally political. Sure. A lot, you know. But still, you know, it's like uh, uh, it's like some some Brazilian music. That's all. Sounds happy and jumpy. Meanwhile, it's something singing about something tragic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Trinidad is that where you said Trinidad? Wack is? Yeah. 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 I mean, life's not life's not easy there. They're well, not. No. They're, no. They're no, not no, singing no, about no. spending all day no, on the beach. They with were no, no. They were appealing for money, just like we are, just like everybody is. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we got a GoFundMe going. Right. <laughs> Well, and yeah. I was referring to the the musicians too. You know, just yeah. that like the the music sure. has a happy celebratory sound to it, but right. beneath it, usually they're communicating some right. kind of sadness or right. Right. <laughs> a life anyway. being not not easy. <laughs> Getting but, back to you, <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, you know, to to just make sure I didn't cut that thought too short about you know mentorship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bill Frizzell and Wayne Horvitz, they, what they do is is actually really different than what I do as far as, you know, like Wayne's a keyboard player yeah. and Bill's a, a guitar player. But um, we just, there was a, there was a, a way that we all kind of hear music mm-hmm. and just relate. We just, when we talk about music, we feel like we're talking about the same thing. And that's not mm-hmm. always true with everybody, you mm-hmm. know. Um, Did Wayne get you to wear a hat? No. <laughs> <laughs> we always laugh about that because he does, he never goes anywhere without without one. Neither do I. Right, right. No, I think you know he didn't he didn't need anybody encroaching on his look. <laughs> he needed to be easy to spot. <laughs> it's funny because he, he last time I did an interview with him, he was saying that uh, there have been times when he's gone out without a hat and people don't know who he is. Oh, <laughs> right. It is kind of his signature. It is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so, um, uh, so you're in Seattle. And you're playing with two of the greatest musicians in the world. Uh, were you also recording them? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's how it all started. Yeah. 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 And I mean, Bill, I was never, I didn't play in bands with Bill or anything. I mm-hmm. mean, a few times he would come over when he had new tunes and just sort of wanted to wanted to run through them with somebody playing drums to mm-hmm. just sort of mm-hmm. feel like what the songs felt like when he wasn't by himself. Yeah. Um, but... But yeah, I mean, I just couldn't believe that I'd fallen in with these guys that I not only got to meet them, but was yeah. now, yeah. you know, being called to do most of the projects that they were working on, yeah. on some capacity. I mean, originally just yeah. as an engineer and as a, as a self-taught engineer yeah. without a, you know, without a long proven track record. Mm-hmm. But um, they just sort of saw some musicality in me and, you know, so much of it is about just surrounding yourself with people that you relate to yep. and that yep. they kind of you know no one to be trans like invisible and then no mm-hmm. one to sort of be assertive and take take care of mm-hmm. something they see that mm-hmm. that needs attention and is that is that is that a gut thing with you oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i think it is for most people you know i've had like interns and stuff come in here 
and you see pretty quickly like they just don't know they don't understand like they're speaking way out of turn yeah, they're you know yeah, it's yeah, their yeah. like second day in yeah. and you've got a band in town from another country and this intern's like offering their opinion after playback <laughs> oh, you know or you know that's that's really happened and i mean that's really? kind of the extreme wow. example oh, but um <laughs> You know, I mean, hell, I've, I'm producing it, and usually I, I think I should be invisible half the time, much less yeah. the, the well, intern. Yeah. So. yeah, you know, I, I understand completely, you know. Yeah. I'm the editor of Oregon Music News, but, you know, I don't go, I don't, I don't go change people's commas. Right. right. Shit, you know. <laughs> right. you know. We've all been involved in, in situations where some editor or somebody in command has stepped in and fucked it up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's, you know, when someone tries to make it about them, right? Right. I think for me, you know, I feel like I can look back at how I landed in, like, producing engineering. Mm -hmm. Um, It it suits me well. Like, I just want to be part of something great. Yeah. You know, I do not need it to be about me. In fact, Mm -hmm. I... More often than not, rather, it not, you know, like you guys go now yeah, and stand yeah, on yeah. front of the stage and, mm-hmm. you, you know, you go and spend two years of your life, like, promoting this thing every day. But yeah. I I just, I love being in the thick of it here. It's kind of behind the scenes mm-hmm. and just, mm-hmm. are just mm-hmm. really creatively yeah. satisfying. So we have run that, uh, that Bill, uh, Bill Frizzell's wonderful dream. Oh, yeah. uh, on the site before, and of course, originally I did, and it, it's it'll be on the page here in a, in a separate player. Oh, great, great! Uh, and because uh, uh, it was something that uh, happened because of you did you did you do Beautiful Dreamers? I did not actually work really? on that one. Wow! No, no, ah. but ah. but I love it, and I know, I mean I've heard I've heard the dream story many times. Have you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's very, that's just very Bill, you know? And, oh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and I think that's, that's like somewhere where he, and where we, where we see things alike. I mean, just, uh-huh. um, yeah, to me, you know, music is, it's, it's colors and yeah. shapes and, um, yeah. and I think it's just your nature when it's, it's your life. Like you're, yeah. you're always yeah. seeking uh-huh. It's like colors you've never even seen before, color combinations you've never seen, and uh-huh. uh, and you you're you know we're we're in search of something. Yes. Even though, I mean, Bill's just made so many masterpieces, but mm-hmm. he's still he's still reaching for something that he hasn't found yet that you don't you know you don't really ever find because you right. finally see the door and you open the door and then there's another door like right. a mile away. So, right. Right. Um, right. But I. I yeah, I think we we share a love for that, like yeah. that that quest. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't believe my ears because he was in this. I, I I had him in, in in the studio at KMHD. He came into town for a gig and to work with you, and the and the beautiful dreamers had just come out, and I you know I mean I was thrilled to have him in the studio. I you know I had I had never talked to him before. He's been one of my heroes, and I just popped into my head, Bill, what do you dream about? Right. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> this dream comes it's out like, and it just blew me away. Be careful what you ask. I know, I know. The, the, the original recording got lost. Or no, it was it was never cuz we don't I think the station doesn't uh, record everything. Oh yeah. Uh but or didn't at that time cuz they had just come over from uh, uh, from from Mount Community College. And um but I asked them to do it again. 
at one time when he was in town to to to, to play for something, you know. Yeah. And it's funny because uh, I ran the piece and and uh, somebody in the crowd said, I guess it was it might have been playing it might have been Jackpot where he played, and somebody in the crowd goes, Bill, can you tell the stories of can you tell the story about your dream? <laughs> Oh man! So uh, he's uh, now he's getting requests for it. Yeah, I was just telling Lisa Lipton yesterday that uh, I had a dream where uh, um, I was introduced to Benny Goodman, <laughs> and and they, JD from uh, Jimmy Max introduced me to Benny Goodman. It wasn't Benny Goodman, but it was Benny Goodman. Right? Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> um, apropos of of next to nothing, but my dad was Benny Goodman's pool boy. Jeez. <laughs> and Benny Goodman, what you know, was at my parents' wedding and stuff. That's, oh my god! S- s- somehow there's a Benny Goodman connection in my life, which I, I forget, and then yeah. when his name comes up, I just love remembering that. <laughs> okay, so, um, uh, but you 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 do all kinds of all kinds of music. Is, is there a is is the studio known for any any one special thing? Do you think? Not to me, no. I yeah, mean, yeah, um, that's what I think too. Because there's, you know, there's people that mostly know me from like the Bill Frizzell type records in mm-hmm. that world, and then yeah. you know, I got a nice message from someone a couple of days ago that was saying, "I've been a fan of yours forever, and it was so glad to see that you, you, you finally got to work on a Bill Frizzell record," and you know, <laughs> and I, yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, I've been. Get lucky to get to do that for 25 years or so but uh-huh. I you know people just they if you're even lucky enough for your work to get noticed uh-huh. people have a tendency to just latch onto whatever it is that they uh-huh. first noticed you and uh-huh. associate you with that but um, I, I just I just like working with people that are you know in a good creative space and trying to do something uh-huh. original and uh, you know and what happens moving. if they're not um, well you know, for a while, I've been able to be pretty picky and just yeah. try to spot yeah. that before I get yeah. involved. Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, if I do my best work when I'm inspired and when I think that everybody does. Yeah. yeah. So otherwise, I'm just kind of going through the motions and pushing right. buttons, and yeah. and I I don't want to develop a relationship to my work that that feels like kind of clocking it in. You mm-hmm. know, just trying to mm-hmm. make a paycheck or something. Yeah. yeah I've yeah. been very lucky to kind of create the illusion for myself when I'm working that I mean it is just what it it's what I would be doing yeah. even if I didn't need to make a living you know like yeah. it's yeah. it's just something I love to do so um more often than not it's I can just even forget that it's that it's a job until I feel like the you know the artist doesn't have something interesting to, to bring or yeah. I mean or yeah. maybe they do and somehow I'm not able to find my way in to uh-huh. fi- to feeling like I have a valuable role hmm. And that's a drag. But now what about but, your own music? What's going on there? Well, nice of you to ask. Um, <laughs> you know, it's something that's that's kind of relegated to just the cracks in between mm-hmm. all the other uh, work that I get to do that pays my bills and um, you know fulfills me creatively. But uh, I do have an like a an almost finished Mount Analog record. Mount Analog is just kind of the name of that I've thrown on some experiments that that i'll i'll do either by myself or with with pals like on the side uh-huh. just for fun you know with no expectation of yeah of any you know really even people hearing it uh-huh. much less like embracing it 
<laughs> but um, but it's important to do. And yeah. and uh, so I, I was thinking that because I've had a bunch of work get canceled in quarantine that I would get to wrap that up. But now I've got a lot of mixed projects coming in. Yeah. And, you know, the bills are still coming in. So I, I need to yeah. say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, though, I'll get that wrapped yeah, you know, it looks like this quarantine's not about to end anytime no, soon. No. <laughs> so, so is Mount Analog actually analog? It well, it w- originally it was completely, and then the second record was a, kind of a hybrid, and then now, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be forever be a hybrid. I mean, um, probably. Well, there might come a day where I decide to put the limitations yeah. on it, or yeah. no computers allowed. But yeah, um, oh, it's it's a little bit of, of each mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point. And what is the material like? Um, well, it's instrumental. I mean, the first mm-hmm. record was was particularly experimental. You know, some of them were just would be like eight or nine minute kind of just slabs of mm-hmm. sound and whatever, mm-hmm. you know, not even no melodies or rhythms. And then there were a couple of things on there that were somewhat rhythmic and melodic and mm-hmm. um, just kind of all over the place. It's like me, I come into to my my studio with all these cool toys and you know for the most part these toys are just like helping me translate people's visions when artists are here uh-huh. but um it's really fun to just come in and just be like whoa what happens if you if you push this thing too far or you run this into that and you know just start to just be playful and in a way that you don't necessarily have the freedom to do when there's a, a full a band standing here and you know the the clock is ticking and all that stuff. So, um, you know, it's a, the new record is more melodic and more like mm-hmm. compositional. I, it's mm-hmm. a collaboration with a couple of friends and mm-hmm. we kind of made them just improvised and then sort of picked our favorite bits and built on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but with, you know, I was playing drums and, and a lot of just strange manipulated samples and <laughs> stuff. So yeah, there's no one <clears throat> one description for it because it's. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what's great mm-hmm. about it for me is it's the freedom to just do whatever I'm excited about at that moment. That's great. Or if I hear music I like and I'm like, how do they make that? And then I go and sort of attempt to learn some of those tools. Mm-hmm. Of course, it never ends up sounding like the music that might have <laughs> led me there, but yeah. um, but it still gets me to like a place that feels fun and exciting for me. Okay, that's interesting. Um, so what what projects do you have i mean is anybody is anybody recording pretty much nobody i mean i had a bunch of stuff planned um but it all got canceled they were you know all the artists were gonna have to travel to come here and you know some were gonna have to come from out of the country and that's just literally not possible um I do have, like, there's a guitar player named William Tyler, mm-hmm. who I love. He's going to come in September. It's just him and myself. And, mm-hmm. like, that, you know, he's living in California, so yeah. he can drive up. And That's that. not the ventriloquist, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> not that he's ever told me. <laughs> well, he but, brings Lester. Right. <laughs> that was the name of, of Lester's ventriloquist, huh? Yeah. William Tyler. Uh, Willie, Willie Tyler and Lester. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's gotten that before, but so I'll, what is what kind of stuff does he play? Um, he he's an instrumental guitar player. Uh, yeah, he's a huge fan of Bill's. Actually, uh, I worked on William's okay. last record, and we got Bill to play on a song. But hmm. um, 
he's also you definitely hear a John Fahey influence. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of that kind of finger picking, mm-hmm. kind of a bit like raw, almost primitive, like mm-hmm. American, mm-hmm. like country blues with a with sort of an experimental mm-hmm. bent. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Jim O'Rourke. I don't know if you ever listened to, to his music. I think Jim I'm O'Rourke. Familiar with Jim O'Rourke. He's a really interesting guitar player who he produced records for Sonic Youth and Wilco and stuff. Mm-hmm. But on his own, he mm-hmm. just puts out all these these really brilliant wow. um, records, of some of which are just instrumental. And well, I just wrote that down in my head. Yeah, <laughs> check out um, Jim O'Rourke's album "Bad Timing." Mm-hmm. And it's not available on the streaming sites. So. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm sure it's on YouTube, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's, I'm excited to do that, to just, like, be here with a human being and, you know, How long build has it something been? from the ground up. Um, I, I made a quick record with someone in town uh, who goes by the name Dolphin Midwives. She's a harpist and singer, and she has a lot of pedals and uh-huh. sort of ways that she manipulates the harp and her voice. Huh. Um, we had always talked about doing something, but the timing didn't work out. And then when my work got canceled, we were like, let's just do this. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, it's been a, it's been a few months, really, wow. since I've had wow. physical people in here recording. Yeah. So there's this room... But pe- people don't play in this room. This room we're in, right, yeah. is the control room. I mean, right. occasionally, if you're going to record something direct, like uh-huh. certain keyboards, then yeah. they'll be in here for okay. ease of communication. But, yeah, that that room we're looking into there, mm-hmm. which is called the live room. It's kind of mm-hmm. the main, it's the large, yeah. largest space. And then there's a bunch of different sized isolation rooms, mm-hmm. all that have good sight lines to the main room. So mm-hmm. you can, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like... Let's see with the with the new Bill Verzell record, for example. Thomas was in was in there, mm-hmm. and Rudy was in here, and Bill sat in there near the drums, but mm-hmm. his amps were in another room. So, mm. but mm. they all mm. could be close together and see yeah. each other. But yeah. you know, yeah. we had a, we had some isolation on the sound. So, That's nice. so when you turn up the upright bass, you're not actually just turning up the the drums or something which is oh, what yeah. would happen if yeah. you yeah. recorded the upright bass next to like a drummer playing it do you ever volume. record just people playing like they used to at all do you ever recreate that that that, um, that? you mean in the sense i mean like the bill records are all live but do you mean uh-huh. in the sense of um not like literally all in the same room yeah occasionally occasionally uh-huh. and i love doing it but it it requires the artist to be a hundred percent on that page of like because you it really boxes you into a corner of like not being able to change as much after the fact yeah. you know because everything's yeah. bleeding into everything so mm-hmm. when you turn up the bass you're changing the sound and the volume of the drums and vice versa for every instrument mm-hmm. right and there's a real magic that comes from that mm-hmm. if you embrace it um but you know this day and age more than ever people just aren't that's not if that's not how they're accustomed to working it terrifies them because Hmm. um Mm -hmm. i think you just get used to having all this control up into the last minute Mm -hmm. not everyone is is ready to give that up (laughs) you know um yeah i think there's some fear there too maybe there's a lack of 
of confidence in their mm-hmm. their own mm-hmm. playing or um or they just want it's a certain sound like when mm-hmm. you have everyone in the same room and everything's bleeding into everything mm-hmm. you know as is the case on like basically all records you know through the 50s more or less or yeah. whatever um i mean there's an exciting quality to it mm-hmm. but it's it's not necessarily like the sound that mm-hmm. people are accustomed to listening to modern records so what would you do with a large ensemble well how large i mean well uh, you know a big band like if if uh, uh i mean if it's a, if we're talking like 20 plus people probably yeah. i would probably try to find a bigger room uh, that yeah. you know for something like well, that well how about a but, septet or an octet something like that oh yeah would well would you would you, would you separate them I well honestly it depend a little bit on what on what the the lineup was yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. um maybe if there's a drummer maybe separate mm-hmm. the drums yeah um but if it's like a horn section I mean I love you know trying to treat that as a single instrument if you can mm-hmm. you know it mm-hmm. means mm-hmm. of course getting this person to back up or this person yes. to step forward or this person yeah. to play louder or yeah, whatever yeah, it might be but yeah. um and I mean, I think that's how a horn section is thinking anyway, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're making one sound yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. So I I love doing that. I would not take a horn section and put each member of the section in a different room mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only reason to do that is if like one of them just can't play in tune, and you know <laughs> you need to get it done. And um, the other guys, I know you've never run into anything like that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> But that yeah, it's a consideration, and that you know, yeah. especially with horns, like people's people's lips wear out, like, and you can't yeah. have these guys killing it for ten takes while another guy yeah. is still trying to get his shit together, and yeah. then the other guys yeah. are worn out, and now they can't hit yeah. it. <laughs> I've had writers who were had a, a singular voice, and it was wonderful, but couldn't write worth a fuck, and so you, and and I had to bring them along. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, it is, it's difficult to you know because I didn't never wanted them to lose that voice, you know. But right. I did want them to learn how to write. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's um, yeah, that's tricky. I know, and I mean, yeah. you run into it in, all the time with music. You know, people like raised to play yeah. Suzuki yeah. or just a classical or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They can they have technique for days, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. They have a hard time coming up with their own ideas or trusting uh-huh. their own ideas because uh-huh. it's just so uh-huh. embedded. Like, here's the right way. Here's the wrong way. This is what good music sounds like. This is not what good music sounds like. <laughs> and that's that That stuff can be dangerous. And then at the same time, you know, yeah, I've seen brilliant people, incredibly original, that yeah. you just sometimes think, man, if they just had a little bit better grasp on some fundamentals like yeah. they would yeah. be unstoppable yeah. exactly yeah. yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, listen it's i uh, thank you so much for you know for doing this oh you know, thanks for it's, having it's, me it's really it's really really been great um i have the rest of that bill frizzell interview which i actually i think i'll put up the whole thing because he talks about you oh really yeah <laughs> <laughs> well it, Edit out all the parts that aren't nice things and put it up. <laughs> there weren't any parts that were not nice things. They were all nice things. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I I, I mean, I never get tired of listening to Bill interviews because yeah. his mind is just yes. it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> you didn't record um, um, uh, uh, the Muddy Waters tune. I can't be satisfied. I think that was before you moved out here. Oh, was that on? I have a little faith. 
Oh, that was on Have a Little Faith. Yeah. No, I didn't did not. Do that one. Uh, no. Uh, but I love that. That, that was a, I had, that was, I had, had that was an earworm the other day. Really? You get earworms? His version? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they just come out of the blue. I mean, yeah. often it's something because I just worked on a song and listened uh-huh. to it 150 times. Yes, but, <laughs> that, would, that, would, that would do it. But yeah. sometimes they get planted and then they yeah. they just pop their heads up, you know, months yes. later. I'm like, yes. what is that song? Yes. Um, <laughs> and sometimes I can't remember. Is that something right. I worked on or is that something I yes. heard? Right. You know, right. just on right. the radio. Or Do you go back, ever go back and listen to stuff and, and like surprise yourself about something that you've done? I am terrified to go back and really? listen to my <laughs> old work, <laughs> but um, but I do hear it. You know, I'll be out mm-hmm. and about, and things yeah. come on, and that's usually a really pleasant surprise because it takes a second. Yeah. You know, I I know I know it's familiar. Know but what is it? And <laughs> yeah. then you know, oh yeah, and then I'm like, oh wow, actually, it sounds great because it's the first time I hear it objectively, right? And it's really when you're working on it, even when you just put it to bed, it's like if you played it for me a few days or a week later i'm immediately going to remember all these little decisions that we had to make and yeah. like oh yeah. was that the right one did we do yeah. the right thing there yeah. but then yeah. when you you know years go by and it just comes on at a bar or on the radio it's just the beautiful music it just yeah. sounds effortless right even yeah. though you know i know we labored over it and sure painstakingly sure. Sure. debated certain decisions <laughs> and stuff and i love to go back and find stuff that i wrote that, that i forgot i wrote and it's funny uh huh, <laughs> and it makes me laugh, and I didn't. You know, it's like, what's better than that? You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. We we often need need some distance before we can. Well, we really. also need some self encouragement. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, you don't sit around going, "I'm Tucker Martine." No, everybody else does. I usually, <laughs> if you just played me stuff that I've worked on you know i'm if, if we just sat here right now i'd probably just point out decisions that i question oh of course it, you know? oh god yes <laughs> i wouldn't be oh, going oh, like Check yeah this oh, out, if Tom. you're not hard on yourself who are you going to be hard on you know right <laughs> i guess that's what keeps us getting up to do it another day yeah right? yeah 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 <laughs> oh, it's, yeah it's kind of there's there's some irony in there that it's it's like the people that uh, that are making it kind of least uh in the sort of worst position to enjoy it yeah um but but the the creators get the you know they get the the satisfaction of the creative process which is one thing that people most people don't understand about the creative process is the role that accidents play in it (laughs) yeah that's one of the best parts it is it's just it's so much you know i i do my radio show remotely now from kmhd show and, and i was putting you know, and, and which is fine because i can i can make precise transitions between songs <laughs> the other day i just i just slid it over and put it there and it was like oh my god did i do that <laughs> right <laughs> That's part of the excitement, right? It is. That's something. I mean, I know we're wrapping up here, but maybe in closing. um, It's a podcast. There is no length. (laughs) But like that's that's something Bill really taught me without ever saying it. But just Mm -hmm. through working with him was um, embracing quote unquote mistakes, you know, and almost never saying like, oh, that mistake is cool. Leave it. Just, you know, I would hear something. Like, oh, I don't think he meant to do that, or he didn't do that on the previous take, mm-hmm. or that weird little 
sound or that note that didn't quite speak or it spoke in a strange way yeah. um you know or after we do playback i'm completely counting on expecting him to say like all right i need to go fix that or we need to redo it because of that you know and um he almost never does i mean he'll <laughs> he'll want to fix something or reduce a take for his own reasons yeah you know yeah. but not usually for the quote-unquote like mistakes you huh. know obviously yeah. just like yeah, yeah blowing the melody like forgetting it altogether yes, yes. but um yes. <laughs> uh but i remember a couple times early on thinking like i can't believe he's gonna let that weird like string squeak stay in there <laughs> like uh -huh. whoa i feel like we should fix it because you know <laughs> that's like my job to be on the lookout for yeah. things that are out of place and then yeah. i'd hear the record a year later when i finally received a physical copy or something yeah. and i'm like it just it has it's so full of life and soul and i can't for the life of me find the spots that i would have thought we should have fixed you know what i mean like yeah. i just couldn't yeah. Yeah. if you paid yeah. me um and so he just knows he knows when it's it's about uh -huh. the life of the music first because yeah. it's not i mean what moves us in music isn't isn't the precision per se right, right? i mean right. it's the right. it's the yeah. expression yeah um yeah. anybody especially today can make a perfect yes record Yes. Um, and that's just not interesting. And no. I've, you know, it, right. I'm, I certainly, it, it took me a minute to learn that as a, uh -huh. as a young person, even though the music I loved was imperfect, but uh -huh. in my mind it was perfect. And they must have gone over every little thing and made sure yeah. there was not a note out of place. But no, that's not true. One of the places where that was just so evident, and it's something that I learned when I was a kid, was the sound that came out of Norfolk, Virginia. Gary U.S. Bonds and Frank Guida. Frank Guida was owned the studio, and it all, and it's the worst recordings you could ever imagine. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know if you, quarter to three and and school is out and New Orleans and and all those all those big hits, and and it was there was something perfect about how shitty they were. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love that. I mean, before we started. Recording, we mentioned that first Dr. John record, Gri yes. Grigri, yeah. I mean, which I just listened to last week again. Did you? It's, I mean, I feel like everything about it is wrong. And, yes. You know, and yes. it, it's a perfect record. It is. It's, but it, it sounds is. so fucked up and just, <laughs> I mean, like, just like the volumes of things in relation to themselves and like panning is insane. And um, Ever heard it in mono? No. No, but I'm going to now. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm sure a jackpot still has copies. I'll I'll get yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, strangely enough, now my listening situation out there in my kind of lounge mm -hmm. area um is a mono it, it is really? mono, so I guess yeah. I've put the record on there and heard it just through the mono speaker, but Could be. But this is, but this is the original mono mix. Yeah, yeah. yeah I want to yeah. I want to get that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was that uh, original? I mean, I don't. I don't want to like bore your podcast listeners with this detail. No. But was was the first album that was released only mono, or did they release? I think they probably both? released both. Or, right. That's what you know, so that's what they were doing back when you could time, yeah, yeah, yeah. make the choice. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that again. Let's bring that back. <laughs> hey, well, Isaac down a jackpot. Is, he is. He's that's what he's it. doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, four four Martin Denny's. That uh, he 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 went back and got the mono mix. <laughs> That's great. Those records have something to them. Yeah, they've I got mean, 
Did you know that Martin Denny, I, I didn't know this, Martin Denny wrote Taste of Honey? Well, I knew he had an album called Taste of Honey, but I didn't know da-da, he wrote it. Da-da-da, da-da-da, yeah. Da-da-da. <laughs> he did write that. He wrote that. Whoa. Yeah, and somebody's still getting checks. Yeah, right. His grandkids or something. Yeah, great grandkids. <laughs> Hopefully, right. Great, great grandkids. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so All much. Right. Thanks, really Tom. I feel it. like we've been, great. we've been trying to make this happen for a long time. Yeah, I'm glad we did. Yeah, yeah, me too. We'll All right. Do it again one of these days. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.